How many love Jesus tonight? You love him? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and with the saints who are praying. It literally only takes two or three. Come on. And uh, there's just something powerful when we choose to gather together and pray. I'm grateful that you're here. Grateful that you would be a part. And those that are joining us online, I'm grateful that you would join and you would worship and pray with us as well. Tonight we have the opportunity and I think the true honor of having one of God's chosen saints that has made a difference in the body of Christ for decades now, challenging the church to pray and the church to be stirred with the fire of heaven. And uh, through many different movements and prayer movements and moments of opportunities and discipleship and movements in the desperation uh, conferences and then some of the desperation music that went around the world, praying people and uh, Pastor David Perkins and was called to go and plant a church in Kansas City. And uh, there's a lot of prayer movement going on in Kansas City. And, uh, and yet God has raised up an incredible church that stood through COVID and, you know, they were meeting in a, a school and God still took care of them. And just last week, God started giving them a miracle of a new building for the first time for this church. So I want you to put that church on your radiant church in Kansas City on your prayer list because we're going to believe for great things in that church and for Pastor David Perkins, would you come right now, Pastor? I'm so grateful that you would come and be with our church. Give him a great big Emmanuel welcome. So glad you're here, bro. Thank you. I'm just going to say, bro, go where God tells you to go. We're hungry. Anybody hungry here tonight? So get your Bibles, your notebooks out, your, your, your spiritual ears on to listen to what God is going to say to the church. You go for it, bro. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, it's uh, great to be here. Um, can you give your pastor, Pastor Nate, a big hand? So awesome. Um, I'm a big fan. And uh, a few things I love. Thank you, just Pastor Nate and Jody, for the way that you, first of all, championing young people for a long time. I mean, brother, we both did that uh, for a long time. I love that. You, see, you can feel it in this house. And then this prayer movement, missions. I just feel like that DNA is what God's called uh, to be in our house. And I see it. Uh, and love it here. So thank you. And uh, so grateful for the, uh, the continued friendship. It's such an honor to be here and love that. Love what you guys carry. Uh, thanks for rallying. Thanks for being my friend. I'm a little jealous. You're over six. You're six foot two. You have a full head of hair. You look like you live in the gym. You have your doctorate. I'm very insecure. So anyway, uh, it's, <laughs> it's great to be with you. And uh, uh, we are we are brothers, uh, although we do not look alike. Anyway, uh, Hey, uh, I have my beautiful daughter. She is 15. Adeline with me. Adeline, will you stand up for just a second? Will you wave your hand? This is Adeline. Woohoo! And uh, when, of all my children, Adeline looks most like me. And when she was three, um, I got down. My, my wife has brown hair, brown eyes, and uh, our other children look a little bit more like her. But Adeline looked like me. So I got down on one knee and I looked at her and I said, Adeline, when I look at you and I put my hands on her cheeks, when I look at you, I see me. And she's three years old, and she put her hands on my cheeks, and she said, Daddy, when I look at you, I see you. And so, <laughs> anyway, we've been tied ever since. So uh, I want to show a quick uh, picture of my family. There they are. All right, that's my bride, Renata, in the middle. That's my boy, Dawson. He is 18 years old. And uh, there's Adeline. And then this is Olivia over here. She's 16. And that's my youngest. He's 12. His name is Justice. 
And uh, so anyway, uh, we, are, we are your family in Kansas City. Just go 35 South and, um, and you'll find us. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, honored to be here. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead tonight to Matthew chapter 15. Um, we're going to go after a prayer tonight. Uh, my aim tonight is to conclude as a prayer meeting. Everybody say big fat prayer meeting. Say big fat prayer meeting. That's, that's where I'm hoping to go. So uh, Matthew 15, I want to tell a story tonight. Uh, I want us to read the scripture, and then I'd love for us to pray. Matthew chapter 15 reads like this, verse 21, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman came from that vicinity, came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. So she's an intercessor. She's actually crying out in a level of desperation for somebody else. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Whew. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. I mean, just love that. She got some fight in her. Mm. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And so then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Father, we come before you tonight and we ask in Jesus' name, that we would seek first the kingdom of God, that we would worship and declare. We don't want to play church. We want a real encounter. We're here. Those lyrics are genuine. We don't sing lies. We declare truths of the conviction of our hearts. And we ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, Lord, would you cause us tonight to grow in our desire for what you want to do here right now. We pray, Lord God, that you would work supernaturally, even through a prayer meeting and inspire new things. God, we pray that the fires of prayer would burn bright right here, Emmanuel, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Uh, my parents uh, had the shock of their lives in 1976. Um, my parents uh, were pastors in Philadelphia and uh, were hoping to have children and for eight years uh, asked God for children. And then uh, to their shock, um, they got pregnant with twins. Um, turns out uh, I was born, then my sister Dana was born, and then surprise, it wasn't twins. My mom didn't know until after Dana was born that it's actually triplets. So I am a triplet. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's the equivalent of being born in a litter. <laughs> and so um, I always say, though, um, if, if I had had the womb to myself, I'd be 15 feet tall, brother. So, mm. Got a little bit on you. So, uh, but my parents had David, Dana, and Deborah. And then five years later, my brother Dan. My mom's name is Debbie, and my dad's name is Hal. And, uh, <laughs> and so, anyway, um, my, my, my parents are incredible. Uh, and my dad made a commitment um, when we were uh, about in the second grade to start discipling his children. So, uh, as he read through the Gospels and saw that Jesus discipled Peter, James, and John. Uh, he made a commitment to disciple the triplets and then my brother and that we were his Peter, James, and John. And so he had a, a systematic discipleship process where he was committed to making disciples of his kids. And so my, 
the, the, my childhood was filled with intentional parenting from both my mom and my dad. And we, I grew up in an incredible family where we were, where we were after Jesus. And, and in 2020, uh, my dad went into the, uh, into the hospital with COVID. He called me and said, I'm not feeling well. So he was 75 and, uh, and he goes, he, he went in, and you got to know for him to go in, he's the, he's the patriarch of our family, like all four of us now adult children, kind of adults, almost. <laughs> uh, uh, I am the tallest, but anyway, <laughs> and, and we, um, we all started to experience just the, just, just, just the shock moment um, when, when he went into the hospital and and things progressively got worse. And so he went in with COVID, but then he devo- developed pulmonary embolism and ARDS. And, uh, and the doctors told him that he wouldn't live. And on the very first night that he went in, we, we gathered uh, all on Zoom. And so my dad was able in the COVID unit to jump on Zoom on his phone. We would begin to just pray. And that first night we prayed and the second night we prayed and the third night we prayed and we were believing God to heal. And you got to know, all four of us, are, uh, all four of my parents' kids went, uh, didn't have a prodigal season. When all of us went straight into full-time ministry. And so we, with our spouses and then with grandkids, were all gathering together. And it basically became this online prayer meeting, crying out to God as a family for my dad to be healed. And there was uh, some of the lowest moments ever uh, during that season. We would cry. We didn't know how to think through it. My mom said to the doctor one time in referencing my dad's future about him coming home, and the doctor said, your husband is not coming home. The only way that he will ever be able to go home is if you build a hospital around his house. His lungs have experienced a mortal wound. He will not recover. And my, We began to talk about what the future looks like, if dad were not to survive, and my son, and my children began to just pray and believe. And you're, you're going through the emotions of, is God really, is he, is he really able to heal? Will he heal this time? Should we stand in faith? Should we walk away? Should we accept it? And all of us in ministry, we couldn't help but kind of be in the public eye. And so we've got some people thinking it's great to continue in labor in prayer. And some people saying, you guys need to accept it. You guys are acting like crazies to be online. And we were trying to rally the world to pray. And so I get on YouTube with my sisters and say, let's go. Let's get everybody we know. Let's get a global prayer army. Let's believe. And then you have these moments of massive insecurity where you're like, am I a, am I a nut job? Am I crazy? My dad went in on what was supposed to be his last day. And uh, they told him that he wasn't going to survive. And so he went into, um, after 25 days, uh, he had been on, on a, ventil- ven- uh, he had had auction for, uh, for 25 days on 50 liters. And when he went in, um, they let my mom come in and they were giving her 30 minutes to be with him uh, and, the, and all, all signs were this was the end. And so my mom went in. She was going to get 30 minutes because of the hospital rules in the middle of the pandemic. 
And um, she sat down next to him and they hadn't seen each other face to face for 25 days and just embraced and my dad just wept and my dad had lost 20 something pounds and the nurse came in and turned my dad's oxygen down from 55 down to 50. He walked away, came back a few minutes later and turned it down to 45 and then 40, and then 35. And in, in kind of confusion, my parents didn't know if this was, what, what this process was. was. Was my dad gonna die? And the nurse came all the way in and then the doctor came in and said, uh, Mr. Perkins, I don't know how to explain this to you but your body has healed itself and in some kind of way. And my dad looked at her and he said, I believe that Jesus healed me. And she said, I, I, my family, is, we're all doctors in the Midwest. And she said, none of us have seen anything like this. I don't know all of, I'm not of your religious affiliation, but she said, I, I will tell you this, the only way to describe this, and we have this on audio. I mean, this is, my mom's recording it on her iPhone. She's called the doctor, not a nurse, not a friend. The doctor said, you've experienced a medical miracle. And um, yeah, thank you. It's awesome. Today, my dad is 77 and he's on staff at our church and he is the most favored, favorite person on staff at our church. People adore him. He's healthy. He's strong. He's a preacher. He just preached. Uh, he just, he, he just preached recently and I just watched God do it. And I, I give you that story tonight. There was a moment the day before he was healed where I was, I wrote in my prayer journal, last conversations with dad. And I was zooming with him and, and I, and I put in my prayer journal. I said, God, if you heal my dad, I'll tell that story the rest of my life. And uh, so if Pastor Nate comes and says, come, come preach to my church, I'm, I'm making one good with God. Because uh, in the middle of the battle where you're believing, you start to experience this internal warfare, this internal wrestling. Am I crazy? And I look at this lady in this text in Matthew 15 and imagine the moment where it says Jesus didn't respond to her a word. I mean, imagine I think all of us have had moments like we felt like that. Jesus, are you there? Jesus, you're not responding. Surely that's how she feels. Ignored. Hello? Why do the heavens feel brass? God, and you're crying out, and I'm crying out. Listen, and I'm not saying, I don't know. Every time, I've had a lot of times where I've prayed, and what I prayed for, it didn't turn out like the way that I'd hoped. One of my dearest friends, I'm standing with him in the same season that my dad was a in the hospital for his mom, my dad experiences a miracle and he had to bury his mom. I don't know how to explain it. But here's what I know. There are moments in these seasons where all we can do, not that we can intellectually untangle all the knots, but we do have a command from Jesus where he said, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open to you. We, we do have this conviction deep in our bones that when we pray, God does stuff. And we might not be able to understand all the details, but this we know, God is at work. And there'll be a day, I love the moment in Revelation 19 where we'll stand before God and we'll say, hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reigns. 
Hallelujah. Be exalted. Hallel. The Lord God omnipotent. That means all powerful. You reign. And we'll be able to look back and we'll go look at human history and go, God, you were working the whole time. You'll go, yeah, I told you that. No, no, no. God, when I was praying in junior high, you were at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, when I was praying for in my 20s, you were at work with those few like snot-nosed Christian teenagers praying for revival. And, and you used that prayer. And no, you were at work the whole time. And he'll go, yeah, yeah, that's, I, I, I told you every prayer. Yeah, but God, I was so tempted to give up on prayer because I couldn't understand intellectually how it all worked. And he'll say, I didn't tell you to understand it. I told you to do it like a child. I told you to come before me and ask and seek and knock and believe. And I want to invite you in whatever season that you're in, praying for your spouse, praying for your children, praying for your city, praying for our nation. The enemy will always come and say, stop, give up and try to twist things so that you say, based upon the outcome that I see, I'll make my judgment on if I'll be an intercessor or not. Yet all through the scriptures, what we find is the invitation. In fact, history belongs to the intercessor. And one day we'll look back and we'll go, that is true. God, you used the weak prayers of broken people that might not be the smartest. They might not be the tallest. They might, they might not be the most athletic, but they were desperate. And they got on their faces, on their knees, and they cried out to God and said, God, and God uses the weak broken prayers of weak, broken people that come before. And like this lady, she comes and she, she refuses to quit. She just keeps coming. I mean, kind of a wild story to have Jesus ignore her, to have Jesus say, I came just for the lost sheep of Israel. And then for Jesus say, I mean, I don't know what it's like in Minneapolis, but in Kansas City, if you call someone a dog, it's not helpful. And there's some faith inside of this woman. And she's saying, I don't know why I'm getting the answer that I'm getting, but this I know. This rabbi from Galilee is doing miracles. And in the moment that I have him right here, I'm not sure why. I can't even interpret all this, but this I know. You do miracles. You are good. And I refuse to quit asking. And she doesn't let anything stop her from asking. She refuses to quit. It's easy to give up on prayer. It's easy to quit. Jesus told a parable in Luke 18 where he said, he told the parable so that you would always pray and not give up. Yet how many people do we know that have given up on prayer? Oh, I've got too much. I'm too busy. Oh, I've got so much going. Tonight, the kind of people that show up on a Wednesday night, you're the ones that are saying, nope, this is priority. This is, this is, this is a bigger deal than Netflix. This is a bit, you could be doing anything. You could be at the gym. You could be out watching movies. You could be binging on Netflix. But you're the kind of person that says, I believe that God's going to take my prayers, just coming before, they're gathering with the saints and coming before God and asking God to work. And I want to encourage you with this. This call to prayer and intercession. One of the things I, one of the things I picked up in this season was that, 25 nights, crying out to God, gathering at first. And I, I mean, I, I, I've been a prayer guy before. But, but prayer for revival was a little bit different than when I'm weeping for my father. And I'm, and I, it's urgent, and it's now. And I'll never forget 
the Wednesday night before my dad was healed on a Friday. I'll never forget just tears in my eyes, looking to God and saying, God, I don't know if you're gonna heal him or if you're not. But in all my pain and all my loss, looking to God saying, but I trust you. And I remember the moment of feeling like in the midst of this pain, intercessors end up friends of God. You just look through the scriptures and whether it's Abraham crying out to God, hey God, save the city. Or Moses, Exodus 32, hey God. But those intercessors, they end up friends of God. And I found myself in that state of prayer, desperation. And I found myself not angry with accusation, but filled with affection. God, I trust you. And even though it was torment and pain, and I was looking at the potential loss of my dad, and I didn't know if God would do a miracle, I was shocked to find myself closer. Intercession leads to intimacy. You day in and day out, keep coming close to God and you'll be surprised how they feed each other. Intimacy with God creates a desire for intercession, but intercession flips it around and creates intimacy with God. The friends of God that cry out and seek him, you'll be surprised. Second idea that I, that I picked up in this season, 25 nights, was what I wanted to say, intercessors experience supernatural community. My sister-in-law, my younger brother's wife, said, after my dad was healed, she said, I have never been as close to this family as I am right now. She said, I feel like we have gone to battle together for the last 26 days. And she said, we've never been closer. You live in a culture that tries to get you to form community around so many things. Sports, recreation, politics, hobbies. The greatest community that you can have on earth is gathered together with some friends that contend, seek God, believe God for miracles. And then there's that moment you look at each other and you've been to, you, you, you've gone to battle with each other and for each other and that prodigal son comes home or that person's healed and with tears you hug that person and you go, God is at work. So it's actually the community in a prayer meeting. It's actually people gathering together. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, with a, a whole lot of excitement in my city. If the Chiefs are here, if the Vikings or wherever, man, 10 times greater, a thousand times greater is when you look at each other and you say, we are praying for that person to come to know Jesus. We're praying for that person to be healed. We've been praying for this in our city and boom, God does a miracle. So don't give up on prayer. As an intercessor, watch. The closest friends that you'll have are those where you've believed and prayed and seen God at work. And the other thing is this. For me, I see that intercessors get a front row seat to God at work. Like you've had some great seats in your life. Whether you've sat at a great game or <laughs> seen a great view. But the intercessors who consistently come before God and actually take something to him get the privilege of seeing 
God at work. I, I only have a short time. I've got just a few minutes with you. My favorite thing is to talk about what God did when I was in junior high. And I saw a little prayer movement erupt when I was in junior high. It changed my life. I saw a prayer movement erupt when I was, when I was in a young adult. I saw a little prayer movement get started when I was a, teen, when I was in a, a youth pastor. And I just want to invite you tonight. Maybe you're kind of half in, half out. I want to invite you to go all in on the prayer thing. I want to invite you to go all in on seeing God. God, when you become the person that says, God healed my dad. God, I mean, one of the things I just saw, my, my son, he's 18 now. He's 16. And he developed this friendship in COVID with this kid that was like, was born with a, uh, a vocal defect. And so they would FaceTime. And I would hear my 16-year-old as I'm driving the SUV. He's on FaceTiming with this kid from California. And this boy's voice, super high. And I always felt so bad because I was like, what's wrong with it? What's, what's, that? what's, that? what's the story there? And my son Dawson told me, he said, Dad, he goes, his name's Jimmy. He goes, Jimmy was born with this. And so Dawson, my kid, my teenager, they, began, they, they, they joined with the prayers that have already been going on with, for this kid named Jimmy. And Dawson meets with Jimmy. They go to a camp, and they're in the middle of worship. Jimmy, 16-year-old, a boy who was told he would, his voice would be like this all of his life. And he's in worship. And all of a sudden, he's from this high, like really high pitch, and just, whoom, it drops. Guys, I'm not making this up. I've got, I mean, the story on Instagram of the, where, he's, where he's preaching as a 16-year-old, hi, I'm Jimmy, da-da-da-da-da. And now he preaches on Instagram, what's up, everybody? I want you to know Jesus is alive. <laughs> now, it's one thing. It's, it's, it's one thing when you go, hey, I want this in my own life. I want this for my own church. But man, when you're kids, when you're kids, their favorite thing to do is say, let's rally for the prayer meeting because we believe this is where, this is where the action is. That's what John Wesley said. He said, prayer is where the action is. Imagine what happens for us when it's what we believe in our bones. Not theoretically what we should do. Not just that we're spiritually disciplined and so we should rally and gather together. But no, that the best place that we could be is gathering together to pray. Like, it's the, it's, it's the thing you don't want to miss out on. Better than Netflix. Better than ESPN. Gather with the saints. Come before him. Sing songs. God, I don't want to play church. I'm desperate for an encounter. Those encounters erupt. You can walk back into the high schools. Minneapolis. You walk back into the universities. And have stories. I'm just telling you, it was crazy. The nurse who took care of my dad, I mean, across town, she writes on Facebook the story. Just before I left, I knew that Hal might not survive. The doctors and nurses said he had a couple days to live. 
I come back from my next shift and they say, Hal, that's my dad, Hal's gone. And she goes, what? They go, he went home. He's fine. We don't know how it happened. Hal, the dead guy? Breaths away. I mean, couldn't support. I mean, no breath in him. That how. And the nurse is writing about it. I don't know what. Hold on. Ha ha. I'm just telling you. I'm not saying it like I'm an expert. I'm a beggar to see a little bit of bread a couple times and know that there's more. I know that when we gather together and say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. He goes, keep coming. Keep coming. Don't give up so easy. Seems like he's ignored you. Jesus answered her, not a word. Don't give up so easy. Keep coming. Oh, yeah, but I, I'm tempted to quit. I'm tired. I just feel like you should have done this. And I wish you would have reconciled this relationship. And I wish you would have given financially to this. And just feel, no, 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 shut up. Look at who I am. Believe in that he is the good Messiah, Jesus, who's been doing miracles. And when I've got him right here in front of me, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. Do it in Minneapolis. Do it at Emmanuel. Do it for our families. Do it for our kids. Do it while they gather tonight over there. God, we know We've got 10,000 screens, 10,000 opportunities for entertainment, but the divine entertainment of heaven, it's far more satisfying. So God, break in and do it again. Do it again. You're the God that's done it before. We've read about it in scripture. We've read about it in revivals and probably most of you in this room would say, I know a story of how I saw God work in my life. I know a story. So if you see just a little bit, let that be the leverage that says, oh, I'm so grateful. And I carry that with me in my heart. I'm always grateful. God, thank you for healing Jimmy. God, thank you for healing Hal. God, thank you for the revival in junior high. But God, I'm grateful, but I'm desperate for more. And I carry both of those in my heart. Forever grateful. But I'm going to leverage what you guys, what Moses did. I got just a little bit. See, just a little bit. Now show me. I'm going to take what you've given and I'm not going to just memorialize it and say that's what it was and that's good and I'm okay. No, no, no. Ooh, that makes me salivate for all that you have. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, do more. And God, here's, that's the fun thing about intercession. You get the front row seat. You end up close to God. You end up with comrades that are way better than just that they're wearing purple and cheering for the Vikings. No, they've tasted and seen. They're praying for revival. They've seen, you've seen, you've gone through a battle together. And here's the fun thing. If you're like me, you, you, you don't have to be the best at any occupation. Our culture, we're, we're always like, well, you gotta be the best looking. You gotta be the, you gotta be the most athletic. You gotta, you gotta have the most money. You gotta, there's always the rat race of all those other things, and none of those things last for eternity. 
Zero. No. But you want what lasts for eternity. The most broken, weak, poor, uneducated people get the privilege of coming before the almighty, omnipotent, omniscient, powerful God and saying, God, do it again. God, have your way. So I want to invite us just to take a moment and I want to invite you, if you're willing, to just have a prayer moment. Just if you, I know this is uncomfortable for some of you, but if you're willing, will you just come right up here and join me on your knees? Let's just get on our face before God. people, God. Come, Holy Spirit of God. God, I pray that those who are the tired intercessors that have been taking a few steps back and said, I just, I think I'm going to give up. Oh God, I pray you'd light their hearts again tonight. Set them ablaze tonight. Father, we ask, Lord Jesus, for families tonight. God, I ask that prodigals would come home. God, we ask for specifically for addictions to be broken. Pray for our teenage boys that are addicted to pornography for it to be broken. I ask in Jesus' name for marriages to be reconciled, restored. I ask tonight, Lord God, for kids who have literally just said they've left the faith, I pray, Lord God, let him return. Father, I ask that you would break in tonight and heal physically. Touch bodies tonight. People in this room, people watching online. Do a miracle, oh God. God of Hal Perkins. God of Jimmy Chalcon. Would you heal? Work supernaturally, oh God. God, we need you. Jesus. 
come, God. We need you. Find us on our knees tonight. Find us in hunger. Find us desperate. Oh, there's no God like our God. God can save. God can heal. God can restore. Break in. Break in, we pray. And would you just, out loud to God, just between you and him, would you just say, God, this is what I'm asking for. Just name it. Just, I know it's easy just to have it in your head, but even if you would just audibly say it, God, I'm asking. Ask for your marriage, ask for your children, ask for the financial miracle that you need, ask for the person that you're asking God to come to faith. Just whatever is that burden that you just know to bring to God, would you pray that burden?
just place our hands on our hearts, if you would. Father, would you take hearts that have slowly grown cold, would you set them ablaze tonight? Would we here tonight be a fellowship of the burning heart, ablaze, believing, filled with faith that you do miracles, filled with faith that you save the most broken, the person that, that it's so easy for us to believe they'll never surrender their life to Jesus. You still bring revivals. God, that you have great plans far beyond what we could fathom. We ask, Lord Jesus, let it burn in us tonight. Let the fires of prayer burn. Little coffee shops across the city. People are spending time with you. The fires of prayer burn in families as they pray together in houses across the city. I ask for men to lift up holy hands and pray. Raise up praying men, praying women. Raise up a prayer movement here of young people. Cry out to God. Jesus, we honor you. I pray, Lord God, pastors Nate and Jody, Lord, bless them and strengthen them. Let this church continue to be a light here in the Twin Cities, God. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.